0: Hello and welcome back to the Coaches Coffee Club. Happy New Year. I uh, This is the first time we've spoke to each other in 2020. We took a little bit of a break at the end of of the year Um, and it was good actually I spent a lot of time with my family which I encourage you all to do we get wrapped up in football sometimes so it's nice to have a bit of time at home with with loved ones so I hope you all had a nice Christmas Happy New Year we'll be well underway with the football season again now so uh, it's good to be back with the Coaches Coffee Club which is brought to you in association with our sponsors Pitch Pitch is a startup business uh, LinkedIn style startup website that links coaches to players and help them develop and share practice and, and their um set them up with clubs so if you are a player or a coach make sure you go over to www.pitchrmt.com set yourself up a profile all of the guests we've had will be on there Um, it's a great way to aid with players looking to get back in clubs if they've just had unfortunate decisions made on their careers I know that Christmas time is difficult for players being retained and released in some clubs so pitch is a great way to get extra exposure also support with that psychological side of the game to to keep players involved and hopefully prolong their careers um, connecting coaches and players so get over to pitchrmt.com and have a look. We also a good friend of mine, Julius, who who I know through um, through the, the world of football, has uh, set up a business um, called Oglove. Oglove is the UK's best-selling thermal waterproof football field glove for kids and adults. These come with palm grips, touchscreen technology, and they're perfect for keeping players warm and dry in the winter months. Um, I've got some myself. They are fantastic, uh, Julius went and designed and built these on his own based on the fact that he couldn't find any. So he has been so kind to offer uh, listeners to the podcast, a huge 20% off voucher code, which is valid until the end of this month. Discount code is coaches coffee club. So if you get yourself over to the website, www.oglove.co.uk with the discount code coaches, coffee club, you can get yourself 20% off. O glove. the, One of the leading, in fact, the leading football field waterproof glove for kids and adults. So get over there, support a local um, business. If you're a player, remember to get on pitchrnt.com. If you're a coach, go and take a look. Please spread the word. We spoke to Stuart English today, who's a a good friend of mine. uh, Stuart is head of coaching at Birmingham City. And we talked around all things building relationships with players so really fascinating insight we did have the chat over skype apologies if it isn't up to the the usual standard that you used to but i'm sure it's pretty good if you can hear my dog nelson going mad in the background that's because i'm at home and he's an attention seeker so i apologize for that please share the podcast get in touch let us know what you think and we'll see you all on the other side Good morning Stuart morning it's uh, actually afternoon so that's uh, that's not a good start for me but um, <laughs> appreciate you giving up your time to, to join us mate I know you're you're in work so um, before uh, before we get into our conversation Stuart and I are talking from uh, different areas of the country via Skype so if if there is a, a slight delay or a lag or, or the quality is a little bit different then I will hold my hands up that's uh, that's my fault but I appreciate you joining us today mate
1: thanks for the invite I appreciate yeah we, uh, it. we uh,
0: we're gonna we're gonna get into uh into a really interesting topic in in a few minutes but before we start that if you could be so kind as to introduce yourself and and just tell the listeners a little bit about your current role your career to date and and sort of what got you to
1: where you are now okay no problem I'll, I'll give it a shot um <laughs> current role if I start with where I am now, current role is um, head of coaching, assistant academy manager at Birmingham City Football Club. Um, my role here is to assist the academy manager with the day-to-day runnings of the of the academy as a whole, um, from a leadership and management perspective, and, and and driving the program forwards. But then also from the head of coaching perspective, it's. In particularly to drill in and kind of zoom in on the coaches specifically and the coaching program to try and continue to evolve it to challenge what we're doing and then to spend lots of time with the the coaches uh, looking at what they're doing well, looking at what what could be better and and how. So that's kind of my, my current role now. Previous to that, I was at uh, Brentford in their academy. I I initially started as a technical technical development coach I think it was uh, it was an FA funded role uh, I was the first other than the 18s coach I was the first full-time member of staff and um, that was a, it was a coach it was a it was a new regime and uh, they were trying to move from the center of excellence to become an academy and because it was a funded role it was an opportunity to, to get another kind of full-time person in the building uh, before kind of EPPP triple P times I I did a day in the community at Brentford and then the rest of the days were, were all in the academy, predominantly looking at under 7s, 8s, 9s, 10s, 11s initially. After a couple of years, as obviously the only full-time member, like I said, I had more and more involvement with the academy manager and that led to like a little bit of a assistant academy manager role um, loosely being taken up where I was... Driving the the whole program forward, really um, organizing the schedules, getting staff in part time, full time, uh, and overseeing everything from a from a coaching perspective, especially. Um, which then evolved into when the the E Triple P came into like a head of coaching title, but I was still running the the foundation phase at the same time. So it was a it was a little bit it was a little bit busy. So I was there for about five five and a half years, I think. And then before that, I was at Luton Town. I finished university in um, High Wycombe where I was work, doing some community work for Wycombe Wanderers which is where I started coaching. I, I went back home, which is in Bedfordshire, um, started my own soccer schools. And then at the same time was, was approached by Luton Town to come and work within their development centers in the evenings. So I started doing development centers in the evenings and, and I was running my own soccer schools in the daytime. That then evolved into becoming full-time at Luton after a year or so, um, but running the same kind of community activities I was already running, but under their banner. Um, and then I became um, football development officer at, at Luton, running all the development centres and, and linking the community and the development centres to the centre of excellence as it was then, uh, whilst also coaching in the centre of excellence. Um yeah, that was that's pretty much me. I think
0: that's um, that's a, a a range of experiences, mate. You you certainly earned your stripes to to get to where you are now. Do you think Do you think that's sort of helped put you in good stead now? Obviously, working at uh, various clubs, doing all sorts of stuff, both part time, full time, setting up your own soccer schools. Do you think that's that kind of um, experience early on in your coaching careers has helped you now?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't change it. Um, it's, been a, it's been a great grounding. I've been lucky to, to come across and work for and with some, some really great people that, with all the roles. When I started out at Wickham, um, some of the football in the community guys, uh, Sean and, and Ash took me under their wing and, and they helped me to understand what coaching was about even though it was like an after-school club for an hour with a, with a range of kids that were interested and, and some weren't and obviously different abilities to then kind of running a Saturday morning club by the end of it. Then at Luton, working community, but then also linking in with recruitment through the development centres and um, working with Greg, um, John D'Souza, and... Uh, um, some really good kind of coaches and some really good people that gave me some some great experiences and then uh, and then at Brentford was probably the, the the real big opportunity because it was just starting from scratch so there were, were hardly any staff other than part time staff so it was a great opportunity to get a good grip of it and really drive it forwards and and the kind of progress that was made over a five five and a half year period when I, when, when I was there was was massive. So that was really interesting and really enjoyable to be a part of and, and quite relentless. Um, Ozzy was the academy manager there and I learned so, so much from him. And then obviously my, within my current role as well now with um, Christian, the academy manager and, and lots and lots of really good coaches and, and really good players. It's, it's given me some great experiences that have been almost starting at the bottom really. Um, like I said, working with with kids that um, are have signed up themselves because they enjoy football, or have been signed up because it's a kind of a, a cheap babysitting opportunity for the parents. <laughs> yeah. So now working with uh, regularly day to day, really elite kids that have got high high potential that, that could potentially play in the Premier League. So some some really great great experiences, and as I say, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. Oh, fantastic! That's um, we'll 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 touch on some of these I think
0: during our our conversation and and the topic we're gonna we're gonna dig into. But one thing you alluded to was your your role at Brentford around being a a sort of a technical coach. Is that Brentford are obviously quite a forward-thinking club with how they've done their recruitment and stuff like that in the past? But what, what what was it about that role that maybe did or didn't work? Or do you think that's sort of something where clubs might? should probably go down in the future because i i know some some clubs or coaches are, are against technical coaching i'm not sure what what your thoughts are or, or have i misinterpreted what the role was a little bit there
1: no i think i think what what you said um and how you've interpreted it is the way that it kind of could have looked and it did look at times but because i was a uh, like i say the uh, the only, other than the 18s, the only full-time coach. It was kind of doing everything. I think the, well, the I... idea of the role was to have someone isolated from a group to go and work around all the groups with on te- more technical um, based work. It didn't really work out to be that, um, just because it was kind of all hands on deck and it was just starting yeah, out. Yeah. It was it was so busy, so you'd end up working with loads and loads and age groups. I think, I think technique is obviously crucially important how you how you coach that technique within an academy or within any setting is a is a big discussion all of its own Um, from my perspective it's just giving the players a real good kind of balance and, and good variety to that kind of technical program to make sure they get as much from it as they possibly can that's that sometimes isolated and, and prescriptive and other times looks much more like the game which is where they're going to need to put it into into practice at some stage
0: yeah no fantastic mate no that's that's a, a brilliant insight and uh again i'm sure we'll we'll keep touching back on some of those but when i when i got in touch with 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 you i said um I'll be honest. I made a few suggestions for the the topic for the podcast, and you made some better ones. So we're going <laughs> to go with uh, we're going to go with that. And and it was, I, I found it fascinating that one of the things that you said you are really big on or have high importance uh, give high importance to is around relationships with players. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into that topic for a little bit. Um, so I guess then my first question would be why why do you uh, put such a high importance on that, that aspect and what, what is it around building relationships with players that, that you see as, as so important in coaching?
1: I think certainly when you're, when you're working with uh, elite players and you're working with players over a period of time, uh, a regular period of time, I think the relationship that you have with them is crucial to to, to their development I think you need to build trust Um, to build trust you need to spend time with the person the person needs to see some consistency to to you and to how you work and and to what you're about um, and then when they see the consistency, they will generally buy in a little bit more t- to you and, uh, and what you're asking from them, depending on what it is. And then I think the, the stronger that, that trust from a really thin line at the beginning, where you're just starting to get to know them and, uh, and understand them a little bit and they're looking at you and, and seeing what you're like, the, the more consistent you are with your, your approach what I found is the thicker that kind of trust becomes and what that allows you to do in, in, in my experiences is that allows you to to push and to, to challenge the players much, much further than you could if that line was still a really thin line of trust or not even a line because um, I'm too inconsistent. The, the, the kids uh, don't know where I am, what I'm thinking, what I want, um, generally from a, a more consistent approach that's led to that as I say that the trust line being much thicker which then allows me to to push and challenge the players without necessarily needing to lose lose my head or, or get angry with them um, because the trust there they don't want to let you down um, and they don't want you to be maybe critical of them or disappointed with them on a certain aspect so that's where you can you can really use the trust to, to make sure that you're you're pushing the players to the, to the best of their abilities rather than them kind of cruising in an easy-ozy state where they're kind of going through the motions and turning, turning up every day and and training and doing their bit um, what we know is that the best have got to go above and beyond and they've got to do more and they've got to be be stretched and the sessions need to be specific and bespoke so it can't be this kind of general general session where everyone's generally treated treated the same um that would be my my initial what was the second part of the question
0: I can't remember mate I was I was lost in that one the the one (laughs) thing that that stuck out to me there you you referred to the person not the player is is that really is that most important to you seeing I know it sounds like a cliche but seeing them as people not just just footballers because I say the very first answer you gave me there you referred to the person um is yeah. that is that integral to that relationship building do you think
1: yeah 100% obviously within my role now it's working with lots of coaches who are all different they've all got different strengths different areas of, of development just like the players have now my job is to try and build some kind of relationship with those coaches like I would with with players when I'm when I'm working with players as well so that Like I say, you can push them, but you've got to understand them as a person to be able to do that. So you've got to delve a little bit deeper into what their interests are, how they work. So you've got to use your emotional intelligence a little bit and pick up on things, um, how they conduct themselves, when they get angry, when they get upset, or if they don't, or whatever it may be. And then you've got to spend time. And, And the biggest the biggest thing I think you can give anyone is your time because there's only a certain amount in, in each day and it's so hard to try and fit everything in into all those days with all mm-hmm. the different meetings, training sessions, people you need to see. So I think if by reaching out to, to individuals, whether it be now more so with staff or or previously, but even still now a lot with, with players, by spending that time with them, I think that take that can take you on maybe a stage or two to to that that trust and that relationship, rather than if I just see them at training every week. So maybe if we talk about older players where they're in the building a lot more often, um, if I just see them at training every every week and, and I put on a session that's that that's, that's good and, and they enjoy it, then obviously there's going to be progress made. If I can at the same time catch up with with one or two before training or, or before they get their warm-up started or at the end and start to delve into um, just show that I care a little bit and like your general questions like how was school what you've been up to how was your holiday anything it really but it's just showing that you you care a little bit and it's just reaching out to them and then slowly but surely what you'll find is each and every time you do that the the deeper that conversation will go And that player then has a real understanding or that person has a real understanding that, oh, Stuart's all right, actually. He cares about us a bit. Um, And I think that is probably the most powerful thing, understanding that if I can help that person feel the best that they can feel, then obviously you're building the trust on and with that and then you're putting on the, the session that's kind of pushing them to their to their maximum as, as much as you possibly can. Then I think you've got a, you're in a really really good place. But also likewise, they can come to you, so they know and and trust you, so they feel that oh, I, I'm having a bit of a bad time at school. I, I need to I need to reach out to Stuart. And and it's not always, and it's really really hard for kids to do that. But by having those conversations, you are opening some doors for them. And it might be that one of those conversations leads to that. Uh, everything all right? If, no, actually, it's not not going too well. Oh, why not? Oh, do you want to catch up tomorrow before training or whatever it may be? And and all of a sudden, because you you care about the person, you want the person to be the, the best version of themselves, that allows you, obviously, to, to help, help the person be the best person they can be in life. But also... Um, from a football perspective and a coaching perspective, do as much as you possibly can to, to push and to stretch them, because they know where it's coming from. They don't see just like this emotional wreck of a coach just running around shouting and screaming on the sideline and, and, and not having built any any kind of trust between the two.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. I think I've been fortunate enough to to spend some time with you, and either you're a really good actor or or it's I think. But what I think it is with you, Matt, is just genuine. And I think mm. you, that that's really important, isn't it? Because saying it is, is one thing, but when there's meaning and, and it's genuine, and you can tell the like you said, the person, the coach really does care. That goes a long way, and, and I think you you've got that in in abundance from what I've I've seen. So, what
1: I think, what, what would I think? On, sorry, just to jump in there, I think like that authenticity is is crucial. It's a big thing that we talk about here at Birmingham a lot. Uh, being authentic. Um, And it has to be, like, for whatever reason, I do care about people and and I I do care about, like, obviously the the players and the the staff and everyone. And obviously that will be due to how I was brought up and everything else. But it's you've got to do it in an authentic way. So if you're not naturally inclined to, to be going out and reaching out to the players, you've got to find your way to do it um it's okay it doesn't need to look the same as mine it doesn't need to look the same as other other members of staff but you've got to find your way to to build that connection with the player and build that trust um, some some staff will and, and again there's a fine line because it it can't be going outside of 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 what's appropriate and what's in a professional um, arena um so it's just those little those little check-ins but it's, it's making sure that you are being authentic with it. As soon as you start being being fake or, or doing it because you've been told to do it but not buying into it, the kids will see straight through that. And, uh, and if you're doing it with adults, they'll see straight through it as well. So you've got to find your way to build that kind of trust and to show that you do care about that person. If you do, and if you don't, then you're going to have to be very good at, at pretending. Um, but I think that the, the kids certainly will... Will suss you out straight away, um, yeah. and and they'll still they'll still do what you're asking them to do, but you're never going to get them to you're never going to get them progressed as far as you could, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so we, we've got a a lot of our listeners are are from grassroots teams, and and they might only see their players once or t- twice a week. You spoke around around trust being really important to to, to strengthen that and build that in the relationship. Have you? Have you got any sort of ways you might do this within your sessions? Uh, I know it sounds like a, maybe a silly question, but uh, also are there any things that maybe coaches can be wary of that would break that trust? Uh, and I found myself, I guess, at times, not maybe something as simple as not enforcing rules in a, in a practice yeah. can actually, I've found, it affects the relationship a little bit if you say you're going to do something and don't do it. Yeah. If you're going to enforce in and outlines of your practice and don't enforce that, then I guess some people might not realise that that can have a negative effect. But how how do you continue to build trust or or make sure you don't break trust, even if you only have limited time with those players?
1: I think if it and on the head, there it's it's doing what you say you're going to do is absolutely crucial. And sometimes it's hard because you've got that much going on. You've yeah. got you've got to find a way to, to make a list or to make a note or set a reminder to, to make sure you do it because um, that is the biggest thing that where the trust will um, could be deteriorated quite quickly or certainly you got to get back to the start position quite quickly um, if you, you say you're gonna do something you don't do it I think it's from it's around this consistency stuff yeah um, by, 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 saying, by doing what you say you're going to do, by being consistent in your manner, by setting out some kind of clear guidelines that allows, that allows the, the, the trust to be, to be formed and, and to the relationships to be built, I believe. And I think from a grassroots perspective or from coaches that are only working maybe once, once a week, it, that's, that's really, really tough. But I think it's just maximising that time so when you are there, see if you can get there a little bit earlier because there will always be a few kids that are there early. Um, start connecting with them. Obviously, the same at the end. Anyone that, needs to, anyone that you feel that you need to um, catch up with briefly, catch up with. Obviously, you've got to be, you've got to be careful. That you can't be um, wandering off with anyone, but just in a safe environment of where you're, where you're doing your, your training and, and who you're working with. Um, but I think just really little bits, like when you're walking on from the change room to the pitch, you can walk with, with a couple of the players and, and get a bit of dialogue there. Um, during the session, as the sessions are going on, hopefully you're trying to put on sessions with, with some really good constraints so that it's letting the, the players have some real decision-making elements to it. Um, depending on what the focus is, obviously, that should then allow you also to get in and around the session um, and to, to ask players questions, challenges, um, give them praise, give them support. You've got to be there to, to, to help them um, initially as a, as a coach and you've got to be able to put on competent sessions that they, they enjoy and, and they feel they're challenged by. Um, and then this other stuff will, will, will then come around it um, with the support and with the challenge and, and with the finding out about the, the person and just trying to notice things. Um, we, we've spoken a lot with our, our staff recently about where you're sharing your attention um, and what your focus is on. And it's very easy to be um, pulled to players that are doing really well right now um, or maybe even players that are struggling right now. Um, And it's how do you share that attention around to make sure each and every one of those players feels like that you like them to start off with, that you think they could be a good player um, and that you want to help them. And I think if you can do that, then automatically that trust is just going to grow. If they if they get a negative vibe from you that's consistent, then it's very hard for any of us as adults to, to perform if someone's being negative or showing negative emotions um, around us or towards us. So it's about how do you, do we make these kids feel as positive as they possibly can be as often as possible. Um, but the relationship allows us also, when we need to be, to be, to be tough, um, to try and push players further um, so that they are being stretched from a from a technical tactical physical psychological whatever perspective it, it may be
0: oh, brilliant you, you one of my questions was going to be around planning for this you, you just alluded to sharing the attention is around the play do your coaches um or is there any way that that coaches can plan for these kind of elements or do you encourage your staff to to maybe plan who they're going to speak to or, or is it just something you want them to be more aware of
1: I think it depends where where you're at. Um, I think it's got to initially start from a plan. so it needs to be um, ideally recorded. so the guys that 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 work in the academy here will will have different areas where where stuff's recorded. So they'll be able to kind of keep a note of of certain aspects. certainly if there's been like a bit more of a formal sit down go through some clips they'd be able to they'd be able to record that and, and make sure that was evidenced. I think the informal stuff that that's got to um, that's got to be organised by yourself in whatever's the most appropriate way. So it might be that you you make a note on your phone in terms of which players I, I want to kind of touch base with um, yeah. because I don't know they've not been in the team they've not started the last couple of games so I'm going to make sure I spend a bit more time with them so that they know that. Um, I'm still backing them, and 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 I, and I want to help them get back in the team, as opposed to maybe the ones that are doing the best. And it's obviously there's a careful balance of, with all of this. It's about you skillfully trying to, um, trying to positively affect the players when you when you think they need it. Um, but I think it starts from a plan. I do I, I do think it starts from a plan initially, but then the more it goes on, you'll just find yourself doing it. You'll just find yeah. yourself skillfully connecting with people as as you become more and more aware of, oh, he looks a bit unhappy, let me just go and check up, check up with him. Or actually, he, he is unhappy, he's one of the stronger players at the moment, I need to leave him to try and figure this bit out because I can't solve all the problems for him. Um, but I think working and uh, having a plan initially allows you to skillfully try and get around the players in, in an appropriate way and s- kind of spreading that attention around. Yeah,
0: no, that, that's brilliant. Like, I guess, say in a grassroots club, when you've got a coach who might be on his own, that could be as simple as having a, a list whereby he walks to and from the pitch with these players on this day, these players at training, just like you said, just so that he's or she can be consciously aware that they are spreading their time appropriately because we, we all have biases don't we you'll have the, the players who want to come and talk to you all the time and there's the players who, who keep themselves to themselves so I agree with you there I think it, just having some form of plan would be great but but what one of my questions would be what when it's when you're looking at this relationship building and what are the potential difficulties or challenges that crop up and, and are there different Challenges or issues that you've seen or experienced in different ages or phases of the game, around the relationship building aspect.
1: I think, I think the the hardest thing is. So, if I talk from my from my um, current experience, so we would have the older players in a lot more and the younger players a lot less. So, to build a relationship with the younger players, obviously they're. They're brought in by their parents, they come in for their hour and a half session, whatever it may be, and then they're off. So there's very little time before or after to to try and um, get to know them other than during the session. So that brings brings a challenge in, in itself itself. Um, at the same time they just want to come and, and run around and, and play football and they're full of energy so you don't want to be pulling them out of the session here and there to have a chat with them because that would be kind yeah. of really frustrating and that would actually work against you because you're pulling them out of the, the game or the session w- which they want to be in so I think at that early stage with the younger players it's just that consistency um, and it's the smiling and the, and it's the positive nature of of everything that you're doing We'll, we'll get the ball rolling in terms of the, the consistency and the and the kind of trust that they like you and, and you're smiling and you're, you're giving, you kind of sharing your attention around during the session, which means like sharing the praise around, which means sharing the challenge around, which means sharing uh, who's going to be a floater, who's going to be the captain, that kind of stuff really. So it's not so much kind of stood on the side of a pitch just talking with a player. It can be done in all different ways. Yeah. Um, so that, I think, would be a challenge with the younger players um, and, and how I'd probably try and go about it. With the older players, it then becomes, certainly with the 16s, 18s, 23s, they're, they're in every day. So there is loads and loads of, of downtime around. Now, if you say, if you drop into them, so from my perspective, where I don't work with a, a group day to day, I might go and watch a session and, and see a player that, um, who's in a really positive kind of place, or, or or quite the opposite? So I might say, oh, when you get five, come down and and we'll catch up, or we'll go through your clips. The the biggest challenge there is actually getting them to come down. Now we've we've got a really positive environment here, where the doors are generally open. The office area is one where the kids can come down if they if they need to or, or want to speak or connect with any of the coaches. Um, but even still getting them to come down sometimes is probably the biggest challenge because what I don't want to do is force them to come down if they don't want to. Um, but what I, what I know from the ones that, 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 that do come down is it does allow you to go through their clips. When you're going through their clips, it's, it's easy to then maybe have a chat about other things or drop other things in. And, and sometimes it's not even clips. I appreciate the, the, the grassroots, um, coaches will, Potentially won't have any clips or anything like that, so that would be that would look different in 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 that department. And I think that would be more that would be more group stuff, just in and around and, and connecting. And, and it might be the with older players, it might be a bit of a, a catch up after after a training or after a match every now and again, um, or during. But I think getting them to getting them to come and uh, and spend the time with you is is a challenge. But also making sure. You don't get too close. I think that's also a challenge because if it becomes if it becomes a relationship where a, a kind of working coaching relationship whereby every time they're down you're solving all the problems, um, then that they can become reliant on that. So there's yeah. there's, there's got to be a, some some real clear boundaries to it as well, and also obviously it's got to stay in that professional coaching domain. Um, it, it, it's not you're not trying to be friends. You're trying to have a really positive coaching working relationship, um, and I think that's where sometimes it can go too far. And if it becomes more like friends, then the coaches will then not make the the right sometimes make the right decisions at the right time because it's it, because they see them more as like a friend. If it's maybe one of the older players which obviously is not good practice in, in, in any kind of shape or form. So it's yeah. making sure there's some real clear boundaries around it um, so that you're, you're trying to maximise them as a, as a person, as a football player. Um, when you have that time with them, and the rest of the time they're, they're kind of cracking on and, and doing their own thing.
0: Yeah. How, how important is, is honesty in uh, in relationship building, mate? How much uh, importance do you put on, on the honest factor? Yeah.
1: The authenticity and the, and the honesty is crucial. It's, it's everything. If if you start, kind of like you alluded to earlier, if you start saying things and then not doing it, then they're, they're starting to question you a little bit with regards to trust. If you then are dishonest or not even dishonest, if you don't tell them the whole truth and then they get the idea that it's different to what you've said, then i think that can that can also be, be be really um really detrimental it's the you build the trust so you can have the honest conversations and they yeah. the player knows that the honest conversation is is coming from the right place
0: yeah the, that's that's what i was thinking around that saying saying something that maybe the player doesn't want to hear but it needs to be said for the better of their development does that make sense like, so yeah I guess if you've built that relationship you can there should be enough respect there for you to tell them where they're going wrong or what wasn't acceptable and the things that they need to be better at and they yeah. understand why you're saying that it's not a personal dig it's they know that you care and maybe it's what what you, they needed to hear but that's not always easy to say that is it
1: no i, I think it's i think you can anyone can say it i think the buy in from the the, the individual will be greater if there is some trust between the two people. Um, so if I'm talking to a player and I'm being really honest and, I, and I'm being quite brutally honest that I've been disappointed with their recent performances because, I don't know, it has been a lack of energy or um, whatever it may be. If I'm doing that from a place where we've, had, we've got some consistency between us, we've got some trust, um, then... In my opinion, and in my experiences, that will that will be taken seriously. Um, will will there be a reaction? Then that, that's completely dependent on the individual and, and and what goes on. But I think you are then able to be honest, and for there to be it to be kind of welcome to a degree. Obviously, no one's going to enjoy being kind of challenged necessarily and being kind of told something that could be quite brutal in terms of honesty however I think the impact can be far greater because they're open to the honesty as opposed to I don't like this person I don't think he's very good he's all over the shop I don't know if he's what he's saying today if he's being honest with me or not yeah if that makes sense and I
0: guess and I guess it's it's not just the message you're delivering it's the way you deliver it that's really important
1: as well isn't it yeah definitely definitely um but 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 like i say that by having that trust and having the connection with the individual that allows you you, you don't need to get angry you don't need to get angry you don't yeah. need to shout and scream because they already know you're disappointed yeah. They, they, yeah, yeah. They, they don't they don't want to let you down so they actually it's it's almost better if you go the other way and you speak quite quietly and softly at certain times. Obviously, this is all dependent on the context and the individuals. But yeah. um, just say, "I'm I'm really disappointed with this and this." Um, I don't know what I don't know what's happened. I don't know what, what why you've why you did that or why you thought that or whatever it may be, depending on on what you're what you're talking about. That that I think can really hit home and can really uh, try and spike a spike a reaction
0: yeah do, do you or have you ever uh, asked or involved the players in in how they would want to be coached and do you think that's a, a valuable sort of conversation to have with a player or, or do you just prefer to try and find that out for yourself based on your experience and, and dealings with them?
1: I think initially the majority will be finding out by yourself during the during the sessions, during the practices, what you're seeing, um, what you're noticing, again, trying to make sure you've got some practices that are that are running without you having to kind of um, be on the front foot and, and drive everything to get, you, get to allow you to get yourself out. Um, and then with time, uh, I think it with the with the relationships I would have with the players here, I would ask them questions of anything you need, you think needs to be changed around the practice. Um, so that's offering them an opportunity to tweak and, and change the practice to to maybe meet their needs. So that would be around practice design but around how I would work with them, that would be more from my connections with them in terms yeah. of uh, is, there, is there anything more you need from me? Yes.
0: Um, is there anything yeah,
1: yeah. that I could do is there anything I could do more for you within within that session today or um, and a lot of the times there won't be anything from 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 their perspective because they're just going and they're just they're just being a part of it. But the more and more you ask those questions, I think the more and more opportunities you are giving those those players to kind of actually say, Oh well I would I would much rather you did this. Yes. Um I think yeah. it, it takes a lot to be open minded to to, to get that input from the kids but I think it can be so powerful rather yeah. than I think I know what they want without yeah, you, 100%. without actually delving into it.
0: Yeah, the reason I ask is, is a, a coach I work with said he'd done something similar and during our review meetings before Christmas. I asked some of the players, "How can I help get the best out of you?" and specifically on a match day. And and some of them, the, the responses they gave me, they are they said, like you said, "I'd rather if I make a mistake, tell me straight away, so I can put or things like that rather yeah. than where's i th- in my head, I thought maybe a different approach would have been necessary. So it was yeah. actually a really powerful question that I've not thought of asking. So it it, it really did help, to be fair.
1: Yeah, and no, I think it's I think it's powerful, but the, the coach has got to have the humility to be able to 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 ask that question. And that's where us as coaches we've got to be kind of humble enough to 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 let the kids take a bit of charge and to and to give us some pointers, just like we're trying to. Give the the kids and and the players some pointers in terms of to to become better football players.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that last one then on on this subject, mate. What what do you recommend to any coaches who are looking to develop their this aspect of their coaching? So, are there any resources, books, or courses? Anything that you might direct coaches to if they say to you, look, Stuart, I'm I'm really struggling to build relationships with the players
1: um i don't have any any specific uh, a lot of mine was a lot of my experiences and my learning was was just through my experiences of of those kind of community sessions and working with those such diverse groups to then working with groups more regularly so i wouldn't say oh you need to read this book or but what i would say is you just got to be so open-minded to um everything that's that's out there if it is something that's interesting you um, around I don't know the child brain then go and zoom in, zoom in on that and try and build your knowledge so that you can impact things if it is around interventions there, there's, there's so many things now whether it be on social media or um, books or podcasts or whatever it may be it's just being open minded that whoever I listen to or whatever book I read there'll be something that I can kind of take um, that will help me be better at what I'm doing and, that, and that's whether you're a kind of a, a, a grassroots coach that's coaching once a week or whether you're a, a full-time academy coach or 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 manager really there's always things that we can we can get better at so it's just making sure we're open-minded to that so there's nothing specific yeah. it's just it's just keeping keeping open really
0: yeah and I guess like you said a range of experiences giving things a try and, and reflecting on that like I said you you are where you are now because of all the various things you've got right and got wrong I suppose over your career
1: yeah loads loads and loads of ups and downs lots of lots of struggles lots of frustrations um, yeah, that, that that has to happen lots of learning lots of conversations with people way more experienced than me um, and what you end up finding is that the more you're in it although your knowledge is improving the less you know without, yeah, and I'm always conscious when, <laughs> when you're doing these things because kind of like, why, why am I doing a podcast? What, what do I know? Um, but hopefully, there might be something that somebody listens to and goes, "Oh, that would be quite helpful for me." By no means do I do I kind of have all the all the knowledge. I've got loads to learn and loads to de- develop still um but well, listen so, the, the,
0: I'll be honest mate the, the podcast was I've set this up selfishly mate so that I can pick the brains of people so <laughs> you're cer- you're certainly helping me mate so uh, I'm sure I'm sure some others out there will, will get loads from it so um, before before we we go on to the infamous quick fire questions mate do you have any recommendations who we we should try and get on the podcast for the future anyone that you've either listened to or you or you know that you think myself and others would be able to, to get a
1: lot from um, put on the spot lo- there haven't I Sorry, loads, of pe- loads of people um, Paul Holder Paul Holder who um, was at the FA then was at Brighton for a period of time and, and now I think he's, he's back working with the FA he is uh, a very interesting character that, that thinks outside the <laughs> box about coaching he, he's very interesting um who else um there's loads there's loads there's loads of people I don't know where to start <laughs> Ob- obviously Ozzy who, w- who worked with at Brentford's got some has got some great great insights um Greg from from Luton as well he's now working in Norway um he would be very interesting um there's loads of different people within within the environment here at Birmingham that have got different skill sets from like a more analysis perspective to more like a, a constraints perspective or a coaching perspective. Um, I don't know, there's just yeah. too many no, to list. Few, Ru- yeah, no, Russell yeah. Earnshaw, have you had Russell Rusty on? Yeah, um, not,
0: not had him on yet, but I'm, I'm familiar with some of his work. Yeah. The Magic Academy, those guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Rusty's good and Fletch. Um. Oh, mate, there's a few
0: there. I so will definitely have to reach out to some of those and and see if we can get them on in the future. So appreciate that, mate. Um, no problem. Okay, let's uh, let's let's go through a few of these uh, questions we ask everyone. So I guess the the first one then, in your opinion, and again, I'll stress these are these are Stuart's personal opinions as a football fan, not anything to do with his employer or anything like that. So so no one should get offended or upset if he supposedly picks the wrong team but um who who in your opinion is the best manager of all time
1: oh wow best manager of all time um i, I can only really i don't know this is difficult is very <laughs> difficult am I supposed to just answer in one, one word and then we move well, on? well I, I, I guess
0: as, as quick as we can but uh, it's, they're not easy it, questions
1: are, I guess nah, it's very difficult I, I think I'll just talk currently so currently I would be between like a, a pep and a clock, which I know is obvious um, but both like from their kind of like their passion but also, like certainly from from Klopp, I'm actually a Liverpool fan, so I am biased around this. <laughs> but just how, like in terms of relationships and how he works with with the players, um, it's ticking a lot of my my biases. Yeah. So you, get,
0: you, you can see that guy just from watching the TV. You don't have to no. even listen to him, or, or you can just tell that his players would yeah. do anything for him, yeah. wouldn't
1: they? And then and then Pep, obviously, just from a how kind of obsessive years with it Um again how he creates relationships with the with the with the players but then how how focus he is on on kind of changing football and, and making sure we do things differently to, yeah. to, to try and get success no, there's, lo- there's um, loads more but those two would probably be yeah yeah minute.
0: no I agree Pep was talking about Sheffield United wasn't he and, and yeah. how he's how he's learning from them and never seen the centre-backs Play the way they do, so even those at the top of his game, he's always learning. Um, I guess the next one then who who would you say, in your opinion, is the best Premier League player of all time? Who did you like enjoy watching or still enjoy watching if he's, he's still about now?
1: I would probably say Gerard.
0: What what again? Liverpool. Like, I'm getting the trend here. But what what was it about Gerard that made
1: you? <laughs> it's hard, there? isn't it? Because when you support him, you watch him a lot more. So you're you're yeah, you much more aware of them. I think I think Gerard uh, again ticked a lot of my biases because um when I tried to play, I I played midfield, um, and he was just full of energy. Like so passionate, but add some real quality to what he was doing as well. And he kind of ticked every, ticked every box. From a, um, had some real quality on the ball. He would tear around and, and win it back. He could come up with magical moments. So I think he would probably be, be my best. But I, I, I do, I do love like a, a creative flair player. So you got like Bergkamps. Um, hazards players like that will, yeah, would, cer- yeah. would certainly be up there for me
0: we've been spoiled haven't we over the years we have been spoiled
1: yeah
0: um, definitely. okay last one then mate and this one could call, has been contentious in the past but in your opinion what would be your all time England 11
1: oh wow how long have we got <laughs> all time England 11 alright goalkeeper who, who would we have in goal Come back to goalkeepers. I can't, think, <laughs> can't, can't can't think of any. Um, left back would be Ashley Cole. Centre backs would be Rio, Rio Ferdinand, and Rio Ferdinand. Probably John Stones to be fair. Them, them two them two playing together. I'm not. I'm not thinking deep enough here. I'm just thinking it's ones that are coming to that play the position. Um, midfield would definitely be Gerrard, Scholes. Um, Beckham would have to be right, left. I'm just going for a standard 4 four-four-two because I'm trying not to think too much too deeply. <laughs> On the left, well maybe I'd have. I'd have to I'd have to have Gaza like coming from the left but playing inside. Yeah, okay. Um up front I'd have Rooney and Rooney and Lineker. Rooney yeah. and Lin- Lineker up front. So then right back. Um right back and goalkeeper. Struggling for these two goalkeeper might just have to be like a, a steady Seaman. That was when I was young. He was the, yeah,
0: the yeah. main
1: goalie. So I'm an Arsenal
0: fan, mate. So that you can go with him Seaman,
1: yeah. <laughs> hey, he was steady without being anything crazy. And then right back, oh blimey, can't even think of any right backs.
0: Gary oh. Neville appeared in in most teams
1: this year so far. Mm.
0: But I feel like you you might want someone a bit more,
1: yeah, attack-minded. He, he he was very very good, wasn't he? He was very consistent. I think I'd... Mm. I can't even. What other right backs? What other right backs have come up in discussion? Not many, to be honest, mate. Mm. Um, go Gary, Gary Neville. Um not really had any outstanding. I think no, I think. I Matt
0: think and Kari, Joseph put Trent in there at the
1: moment. Uh, I think ish. yeah, I think Trent probably in a few years might might be the one, but I don't think if you can give it to him just yet. I think you'd have to go Gary Neville probably. But it's the safe, I'm, it's the safe I'm, bet, I'm,
0: isn't it? That's I'm I'm a little, not a I'm, bad li- team I'm, though, I'm a little bit
1: reluctant in that one because you've you've exactly, given up to, not you're you're not it to me. It? No, you've <laughs> given it to me, but I can't think of anyone else
0: could yeah, play three at the back and stick someone else in if you want Could, it. but I
1: need—I'd need to think about it. Bit,
0: <laughs> All right. Well, if if you have any any changes, we can always uh, amend it, mate. If, after.
1: <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Brilliant, mate. That um, I've took up far too much of your time. I, I can't thank you enough. That's been very insightful, lot like. I'm very grateful of your time, mate. So, uh, so thank
1: you very much no problem at all thank you for the invite I appreciate it
0: no you're welcome and uh, uh, we will hopefully catch up very soon
1: definitely I look forward to it brilliant thank you mate thanks a lot cheers cheers mate
0: well there it is I hope you enjoyed that I know I did Um, please be sure to get over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast subscribe rate it five star leave a comment it does help us spread the word and grow the podcast we really appreciate it um please share on all the social media platforms uh, it's really really appreciated and all your feedback so um yeah thank you for all all your support uh, remember our sponsor main sponsor is PitchRMT.com. get yourself over there or if you want to get yourself some o gloves um using the 20 percent off discount code coaches coffee club visit www.oglove.co.uk thanks a lot again appreciate you listening and we'll see you all in the next episode